Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp, and Blake Alderman is here with me today. Just a couple days away from Florida LSU, the second straight top 10 matchup for the Gators. ESPN's College Game Day will be in the house in Baton Rouge, as will I. Blake, let's uh, let's go ahead and just start diving straight into this breakdown of the game, because it's one of the biggest games that Florida's played in a long, long time. Um, I know it's not necessarily a game that the, you know, the Gators have to win in terms of the SEC and all their season-long goals and all that. But I do feel like this is one that can really, really start to make a statement and kind of prove in some ways that Florida's here. So I guess first off, what is your what's your gut on how important this game is for Florida and kind of how the two teams stack up, I guess? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, you know, just from it being a West team. It, this isn't this isn't, you know, a complete gut-wrenching loss to where Florida doesn't win this one that, you know, the season is out the window, you know, SEC implications are out. Florida will still be able to handle their own destiny. They obviously have a lot of uh, SEC East games up. But Florida really hasn't had, you know, that national respect from j- just the masses. You know, I-, I think that a lot of people have kind of slept on Florida, so to say. It, w- as far as when you look in terms of top 10 teams, I've just seen a lot of rankings on TV that Florida is, you know, usually lower ranked than what they actually are. So this is a statement win for Florida if they can pull this off. You know, LSU is, I believe, five in the, in the nation right now. So, I mean, this is just another big time win for Florida against a top 10 team. And, you know, I think this is the one where people kind of get on the people that may be on the fence for Florida. This is the kind of one that gets them fully invested and fully on board. Well, Blake, we're going to talk about both sides of the football. Um, you know, I think the highlight matchup kind of in this one, everybody's talking about Joe Burrow, you know, LSU leading the nation in scoring offense against, you know, a Florida defense that really I thought put on a show last week against Auburn and probably surprised some people with just how good that defense played. So I want to get to that matchup in the second half of the show. But when you look at a spread like this and you see 13 and a half points or wherever it's at right now, somewhere along the lines of two touchdowns, I think to me, that says more about Florida's offense and people's maybe questions about Florida's offense because you look at Joe Burrow and that LSU offense going against the best defense they'll see all year. I don't come away thinking that's a two-touchdown difference between LSU's offense and Florida's defense. To me, this spread is about Florida's offense. Can Kyle Trask get it done um, against an LSU defense that you know maybe is not as good as the Tigers have been but still has athletes all over the field? What do you, what do you think on that? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, <clears throat> this this is one of those things where, you know, Kyle Trask is a little, you know, obviously he got banged up a little bit last week in the Auburn game, but he did come back. 
You know, I think it's the, the with the line so wide, and you know, I think it it's just Florida hasn't had a, an awesome run game. Um, I know we'll get more into LSU, but I, I don't believe they've really had a great run game either. Um, they've really relied on Burrow, who has put up uh, you know big numbers. But I think it just says some about Florida, just their offensive line. Um, you know, they just they haven't been extremely explosive in some of these games. So I think that you know I would agree that the line I think kind of hinges on Florida's offense being on the road, having a backup quarterback in general. You know, when you kind of throw those things into the mix, I, I think that's. Where you kind of start to doubt this Florida offense, and they're going to really need to, they're they're really going to need to show up up front because I know they managed to do a lot of things um, to kind of get past this Auburn defensive line that was very good, but they still had a rough go against Auburn. So I think that LSU is not going to be a cakewalk either on you know as, as far as their front defensive line. So you know I think the Florida's offensive line is kind of where that hinges, where people kind of you know you're waiting for them to make this big game, and you know that they put some things together, but they just haven't really dominated. Yeah, and at this point in the season, I mean, I just don't know that, you know, it's the light suddenly going to flip on for those right. guys. You would think it would have happened by now. I, I think that, you know, even the way that Dan Mullen and, and John Hevesy and that offensive staff have coached things, I think they're at the point where they realize they're going to have to manufacture some other things. And I thought that's why, you know, the defense stepping up last week was so important. Florida needed a lot of chances against a very good offensive line to score. I mean, you look at it, I want to say Florida had 17 offensive drives and only four of them resulted in points. Now, granted, they had other chances, um, but then that goes back to kind of what I'm saying about this offense. I think Florida blew some chances, and they, they, they've been sloppy. You know, there's been some turnovers and stuff like that. I guess, Blake, let me ask you this. Um, Florida's obviously going to have to score some in Baton Rouge to, to be able to make this a game. Um, right. I don't think, it, you know, as good as Florida's defense is, I don't think this is a game that's going to be a 13-6, 13-7 type game. I just don't, I don't see Joe Burrow and LSU's offense being slowed down that much in that environment. So if Florida has to score some points and you look at LSU, where maybe are some spots that you think LSU is a little weaker, could potentially be, you know, picked on a little bit? You know, I think you're going to have to kind of go to somewhat of the same game plan you had against Auburn to where you got to take through the air. Auburn's, or excuse me, LSU is 52nd ranked in pass defense. I think if you're going to pick on the secondary, you're going to have to, you know, really utilize these talented, deep Florida wide receivers. Um to where, you know, you can see a guy have a big game. You know, you could have Van Jefferson have a big game. You could have Freddie Swain have a big game. You know, someone is going to find a way to get open, and I think if you're going to attack this defense for LSU, you're going to have to go through the air, and you're going to have to have Trask throwing those darts, um, you know, some of these quick plays to kind of open up the middle of the field. You know, I, I think you're just going to have to – you're really going to have to hurt them through the air just because, Florida, again, Florida hasn't shown that, comp, uh, you know, competent running game. Um, and, and if you're going to have – a wealth of wide receivers you're going to have to pick on some of those guys who have struggled um in the secondary yeah well part of that i think too is you know obviously florida's passing game has been its bread and butter 288 yards a game for the gators at this point that's far and away the best that they've had in several years um you know kyle trask seems to be very comfortable going through progressions going through his reads but lsu has been banged up in the secondary a little bit too right um you know based they're on getting what we're healthy. they're getting they're, healthy for this weekend yeah so um, you know, Flot, it sounds like is going to be back, which will allow them to bump Christian Fulton inside to the nickel. I think that's going to be a big deal. Derek Stingley is fully expected to play. So I look at that secondary, man, there's a, there's a lot of talented guys in that secondary, just, just from an individual standpoint. Um, I think, you know, I, I mentioned it, I think earlier in the week, I think part of LSU's difficulty on defense so far this year has been adjusting to the pace, um, you know, of their own offense. You know, they've been a very quick strike offense. It's really, really impressive how quickly they've been able to score. And when your defense isn't used to being back out there, you know, right away, I think that's that's probably some of the reason you see LSU's, you know, numbers being a little bit different. Um, but again, like you mentioned, Florida, 
Florida doesn't necessarily have the the makeup necessarily on offense to be able to, you know, get a 10-play drive. And then if LSU does score quickly, all of a sudden you put together another 10-play drive and their defense starts tiring out. That's typically something you see if, you know, you have a team that's got a very strong running game. And Florida obviously doesn't have that. One thing that did kind of catch my eye this week that was a little, I thought it was weird. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Ed Orgeron this week said that he was more worried about stopping Florida's run game than the pass game. And I'm kind of like, you know, I hear that. And I'm like, wait, what? You shouldn't drink before noon, Ed. <laughs> but what's your take on that? I know. So Florida's obviously had Dave Aranda's number as a, you know, Dan Mullen has had his number over the last couple of years, both at Mississippi State and at LSU. I mean, do you think Orgeron's being legit and saying that or is he just I mean, is he just making it up? You know, I don't know that he's making it up. I think whenever you attack an offense, if you can take the run game away, Florida hasn't. They've shown flashes at some times. You know, you have the big run by P. Ryan last week. Um, you've had some flashes from uh, Damian Pierce, who more than likely won't be ready to go for this game. But Florida has shown some flashes um, through the run game. So I, I think if you're going to have a team on the road and you can make them one-dimensional, I, I think they know that Florida has talented wide receivers. It's pretty well known by now. It's been the storyline all season, all off season. So I think if you're going to shut them down and make them one-dimensional, then you're going to have to make Kyle Trask beat you. And then you you, you just kind of know how how to stop them. So if you can, if you can take... Um, I, I guess to kind of put it back towards the Auburn's uh, game plan last week, whenever you have a quarterback, I know Trask isn't a young quarterback, but he's somewhat inexperienced as far as playing time. If you can rattle him and, and you can stop the run and you can make a team one-dimensional to where they had to make Bo Nix beat Florida's defense last weekend, uh, you kind of know where you need to key on. And if you can stop that run you can really and really get in that quarterback's head, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. I think if you can stop the run game for Florida, you really have to, have to make Trask beat you. And I think... Um, they're kind of baking on that that crazy, uh, really athletic defensive front that they have on the defensive line, and kind of shutting him down. And I think if you if you make them one dimensional, obviously you can you can make the team beatable. Yeah, I think that's you know I think that's a good point. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that LSU's D line is probably a little more athletic. That was something that John Hevesy actually pointed out to us this week. Um, you know, because I, I've been saying for a while, you know, that Auburn's the best defensive line Florida's going to face all year. And I, you know, once you handle them and come away with a win, okay, well. You know, you've, you've got to feel pretty good about your chances to manufacture against other teams. But I don't know. Hevesy seemed, you know, equally concerned with LSU. He said, you know, those guys are athletic and they, they come at you in different ways than Auburn does. You know, Auburn was just pushing the line of scrimmage forward two yards into the backfield, whereas LSU's maybe not quite that physical, not quite that big, but they're very athletic. And I think that could also give, you know, Flores some problems in terms of the pass rush, maybe even a little more than Auburn. So I, I go back to how can Florida handle this environment? Because you're going to have some plays where, you know, they ring up a sack on Kyle Trask and the crowd goes wild. Um, you're going to have a situation where LSU at some point scores and then the next drive, you know, the crowd's very fired up defensively. How is Florida going to handle that? We saw how much it affected Auburn last week. We saw how much it rattled Bo Nix. Kyle Trask, to his credit, has not looked like a guy that's going to get rattled by pressure. But he's also not faced anything like he's going to see Saturday night after a bunch of Cajuns have been drinking for 12 hours. Um, I know I know Dan Mullen pointed to his, you know, his little stint in relief of Felipe Franks at Kentucky. He was obviously very, very good there, but it's Kentucky. I mean, it's not LSU. They're very, very different environments. So to me, I look at when you're talking about Florida's offense versus LSU's defense. Yeah, I think a lot's riding on Kyle Trask's shoulders, and I think he's going to have to play about as flawless a game as he can 
for Florida to win this one. I don't think you can afford to have turnovers in this game, Blake, and come away with a win. Yeah, I don't think Florida's going to be able to play the same game they did last week where they had four turnovers and still were able to win the game. It, it just keeps that, that atmosphere of LSU Stadium. I mean, Death Valley is going to be rocking. I think everyone knows that it's going to be crazy with you know college game day and just all, all the excitement for it being a you know the game of the week again. So I think that Florida's offense, it is a lot on Kyle Trask um, because I think that he, he can't, not only is he going to have to win through the air, but he can't have those turnovers to where, you know, there's there's a you know a, a sack fumble. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to really have to hold on the ball. He's going to have to be very aware because it, if you if you can't keep up the points with LSU, because we know they're going to score some points. Their offense is going to break a couple plays. They're, they're just a really talented offense to where I just don't think you're going to shut them out the entire game. If Florida doesn't keep that momentum – on the offense, that crowd is going to get loud, and it's not going to make things easier for them as the game goes on. Because, like you said, those Cajuns that have been drinking all day—I mean, those guys are probably going to be sneaking some more in to drink at the game so they can keep the you know the intensity up. Oh yeah, there's plenty of plastic bag bourbon taped under the seats and and all that. Blake, I think one of the things I thought last week was a big key for Florida was <laughs> was the defense kind of playing well early, getting an early lead, and giving Dan Mullen the ability to call a patient game on offense. I think almost the flip side is going to be true this week. Um, you know, it'd be great if Florida can get an early lead, but most likely at some point in this game, um, Florida's offense is going to get on the field with a drive where they know they either need to give their defense a breather because they've been out there for a while and they're tired, or they have to go down the field and score because if they don't, LSU is going to pull far enough ahead that it's going to be a huge uphill climb. To me, that's going to be really worth monitoring. Um, there's going to be some key drive in the middle of the game where you feel like if Florida doesn't score here, man, this is going to be tough to win. And I want to see how Kyle Trask handles that situation. Um, it's not necessarily, you know, in the fourth quarter when it's a game winning drive, but a drive that just settles the entire team down and says, Hey, we're here for the long haul. Let's make this a fourth quarter game. Let's turn it into a fourth quarter game. And then maybe we can go put together a game winning drive. I think this game is, is going to be intense enough that, that drive is going to happen before the fourth quarter. And I, I think, for me at least, I don't know that I have full confidence in this offense's ability yet to be able to pull that off. Yeah, you know, it's going to be tough. Um, you know, being on the road, th- this is really a test for me to see. You know, I know Kentucky, um, they had some snaps with Kyle Trask in there, but I just don't think it's going to be even close to the same environment that they're about to play in. So this is really going to tell a lot for me because Florida has a lot of away games. You know, they're they're back home again, I think November 9th against Vanderbilt. So that's a long stretch on the road here. So, you know, you can have a team that plays great at home. They obviously played awesome against Auburn at home, but I, I, I don't think you really get a taste of what a team's going to do until you see them on the road. And I think this is their first true road test. Well, since Miami, yeah, I mean, I would correct. I, would say I mean, I mean, with was, Trask know. at the helm, yeah, you know, abs- with a different, it's a different team with a different quarterback. So I think this is their first real test. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I, like you said, I, you know, they've gotten some tests, but no, nothing that's going to compare to Saturday. Sure, it's like so, a PSAT, and this is like the real deal. <laughs> I know, right now, now it's the pressure's real. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to watch. This will tell us a lot about Kyle Trask. It'll tell us a lot about this offensive line and whether or not they, you know, we can really expect some progress in the second half of the season. Because they're not, I mean, nobody's expecting them to go out there and be great on Saturday. But if they can, again, get it to where you feel like, wow, that was that was a more manageable game than I thought, man, you're going to feel really good about this team rolling into the second half of the season. Absolutely. Blake, let's, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And then on the other side of this commercial, we will get back and talk about Florida's defense against LSU's offense, Joe Burrow kind of the matchup everybody's talking about all week right after this break hey i'm brett podolsky 
co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp. Blake Alderman is here with me today. It is Thursday afternoon, and we are breaking down Florida versus LSU. Huge game in Baton Rouge this weekend. Blake, we've already kind of discussed Florida's offense. Everybody kind of knows the shortcomings there, you know, the, the, the pitfalls that Florida could fall into if execution isn't clean. But I think the, the intriguing part of this game is that you've got two seemingly elite units going against each other in LSU's offense against Florida's defense. I don't know, Blake. Lead us off. What, what's what's the headliner for you when you're talking about that matchup? It's just such a different offense for LSU. You're used to those, you know, kind of ground and pound, slow moving offenses. Uh, I have been surprised of how really well LSU has recruited over the years, getting some of these big time quarterbacks, but they just haven't had a guy who's really just come out and just been been an elite guy. And um, I think that obviously they changed the tides when they have Joe Burrow there. It just seems like the team is moving at such a different pace to where, I, I don't know, I'm just not used to seeing LSU traditionally throw the ball as well as they have. And they have a, a really, you know, deep wide receiver core. I know you have some big names, you know, Odell Beckham, you know, Jarvis Lange. I'm not saying there has been like crappy guys from LSU that have come out of the mm-hmm. years. You just haven't seen them really have this explosive type of offense like what you've seen. It just seems like such a different, you know, thing than what I've traditionally seen with LSU. Well, LSU's always felt like that team that, you know, has nuts skill players across the board, but really only the running backs are the ones that put up the huge numbers. And, you know, you occasionally see a guy like an Odell Beckham who's a a one-on-one threat that they'll throw deep to or whatever. Um, But I don't – you're right. I I haven't seen an LSU team like this that looks like they do when you talk about the kind of skill position they've got. It To me, a receiver stands out as much as quarterback. You know, I mean, Joe Burrow was there last year, and and I said before the season and kind of got killed for it on Swamp 24-7 that I – I thought he was a little underrated, but I'll be honest with you. When you look at his receiver play this year, man, how could you not be good with guys like Justin Jefferson? Obviously, Jamar Chase, a guy that Florida recruited, Terrace Marshall. I mean, uh, LSU's LSU's ability to get those guys the ball, I think, is the biggest difference. You know, they're they're getting them the, the ball in ways that they haven't before. It's creative. They're getting them out in space. They're spreading the field. Whereas typically, you know, when they've had those studs at receiver, it's just been, okay, throw it up. You know, we're going to run the ball between the tackles, and then as you crowd the box, we'll take the one-on-one matchup. We're not seeing that quite as much with LSU this year. You know, obviously Chase is a guy that's been able to go up and pluck the ball over defenders, but they're getting these guys open, and Joe Burrow really has been able to read through coverage and hit his guys. You know, it's not it's not terribly dissimilar from what we've seen out of Kyle Trask. You know, he's he's been very good going through progressions and getting the ball out quick, and I think for Florida, um, as much as anything, it's going to come down to, you know, making sure you can tackle those guys in space and limit their ability to kind of damage, you know, damage you after the catch. 
You know, speaking of space, another thing that I've noticed that's a little different than what you traditionally see from LSU is they're running a little bit more of that spread offense. They're not just ground and pound, just running it at you, and they're just going to impose their will. That's just the LSU that I'm used to seeing. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like they're using their running backs to kind of get a little bit more space, kind of open things up a little bit more. It's just a different look than what I've seen from LSU over the years. I'm just used to those games where you, know, you have Leonard Fournette, uh, Hester back in the day in, in the early 2000s where they just ran it up the middle with him the, you know, the entire game. Um, it's just such a different look than what we've seen traditionally for LSU in that aspect as well. And I think a lot of that is obviously Joe Brady's influence. You know, the, the 30-year-old guy coming over from the Saints has picked up a lot of their concepts and you know, obviously LSU is not anywhere close to the level, you know, the Saints do it at when you have a guy like Drew Brees. But I think that they've realized that Joe Burrow is capable of processing and handling that kind of offense, you know, where you're able to look at a coverage pre-snap and figure out, okay, this is the coverage they're in. This is what's probably going to be open. And then you look off of safety and sure enough, your guy is open and they hit it. Um, like I said, it, it, it reminds me a lot in some ways of Dan Mullen's offense where it's schemed to get guys open, get guys in space. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely not the traditional LSU offense. So I guess Blake, when you're looking at it, Florida obviously has a very elite defense. Um, I guess first off, how do you, how do you see Todd Grantham scheming this one? Because Florida was pretty bland against Auburn. They really didn't do a whole lot of, you know, six, seven man blitzes. It was basically, we're going to get to the, you know, the quarterback with four and they switched out that fourth rusher a lot. Um, do you see Grantham maybe switching that up this week, or does Florida stick to trying to just get pressure with four against Burrow? You know, I think you have to do a lot of what you did last year. Florida did a really good job. I know it was at home, and it's you know obviously a different game when you're playing at home. But Florida did a lot of things well on defense to where they completely took Joe Burrow out of the game. I believe he threw two interceptions last year. He didn't have a touchdown in the mm-hmm. game. They really just did. They imposed their will against him. I think you have to throw a little bit more blitzes in there. You have to, you know, you're going to have to rattle Joe Burrow. I, I think that's the key to the game for Florida on defense um, is really getting to him just because the way he's played this season. You know, if you give him time back there and you don't get any pass rush, and you don't get in his face. He's just going to pick you apart. Yeah, it certainly looks like that, you know, based on what he's done so far this year. And it's worth noting, I know Florida fans have pointed it out a ton, that, you know, LSU hadn't really played a good defense yet. I mean, at all, statistically, when you look at it. Now, having said that, the LSU pass game has also not looked like this in years. I mean, I, I can't remember an LSU team that looked like this. I mean, I know they had the one year with Mettenberger um, and some of those, you know, elite receivers you're talking about. But even then, it didn't really feel like this in terms of how wide open and I think how confident Joe Burrow is. That's the that's the biggest difference to me, I think, is he is not shy about speaking his mind. Obviously, he's made the comments about how he doesn't like Florida, all that. Um, I think if you're, yeah, I think you're dead right. If, if you're going to start to disrupt this LSU offense, it starts with getting to Joe Burrow and rattling him. Like you said, he entered the game last year. I don't think he had an interception going into that one. I think Florida right. was able to. Florida was able I think to we played this song and dance last, last podcast. Where we yeah, yeah. That. So I don't, I don't want to repeat too much, but. No, I think that's I think that's really the key. I, I'm curious to see how Florida tries to do that. I do think you're right. I think I don't think this is going to be the Auburn game plan where you only rush four. I thought part of that against Auburn was you felt like Florida was going to have a lot of chances on offense. We talked about the 17 drives Florida got offensively. I'm not sure that this game plan is going to work that way. I think you're going to have to kind of try to create extra possessions for yourself by getting in Burrow's face, by rattling him, um, and kind of kind of disrupting him. Yeah, and you know Florida has the luxury of having Jabari Zuniga back. Um, he's expected to be as close to 100%, if not 100%, for this game. So he's going to give you a little bit more pass rush too, just another weapon. But I think Florida's going to have to send more than just that front four. 
they're going to need to confuse. They're going to need to, you know, throw those Todd Grantham specified blitzes in there to where he just, you know, it, it's it's chaos, and they're going to have to play at a chaotic level to rattle him just because he's got way too many receivers, way too many weapons. And again, if you're just going to give him too much time back there, one of those guys is going to get open eventually if you give him a lot of time. So if you're going to do that, I mean, if you're going to bring a lot of pressure, and I think I think both of us kind of end up on the, the same side of the page there where we think, you know, Grantham's going to bring some more looks against LSU. Uh, Florida's cornerbacks, Florida's secondary, they're really, really going to have to be dialed in because like we said, these receivers, they can make you pay in a hurry. And um, I think that you're probably, you're probably going to give up some plays. I mean, you know, as good as C.J. Henderson is, sure. as good as Marco Wilson is, you're going to have some plays where these guys just make a great catch over you in one-on-one coverage. And I think... Dan Mullen has kind of made it a point this year that he's not going to be upset if, you know, a great SEC player makes a great play against them. Like Derek Brown last week, you would like for your line to play better. But when Derek Brown just bullies Brett Heggie into your quarterback and strip sacks him and then recovers it himself, that's a great player making a great play. And there's only so much you can do to counter that. I think for Florida, you're going to have to try to trust your cornerbacks to at least push a 50-50 matchup against some of these receivers so that you can get after Joe Burrow. I'm glad you mentioned mentioned Zaniga being back because I think that that's got the potential to be a real game changer for Florida, you know, especially because teams don't have a lot of tape on him yet. You know, it's really only the Miami game. Um, And so I think, you know, when you're trying to build around uh, if you're LSU, how do we give Joe Burrow time? I think that starts with really focusing on John Grenard and how you neutralize him. And so I think Zaniga may have the chance to get some of these one on one matchups. If both of those guys are able to get pressure. Um, and you're able to send extra blitz, extra blitzers. I think that's where you see Bur- Burrow really start to, you know, get the dazed, confused look in his eyes, where he's like, "Okay, there's just too many guys here." Um, but the other thing is, I think LSU's O line is not as good as it has been in recent years. To me, you know, they're they're playing better at tackle, but but that interior of the LSU O line is not the mauling kind of unit you're used to seeing. And maybe they don't need to be because of the way they spread the ball. But I think this could be a big game for Adam Schuler too, where if he gets some interior push, you can create some things that maybe you're not used to. Sure. I, I mentioned to you before we started recording the podcast that I thought that Florida and LSU theoretically, they, they match up pretty similar in a lot of areas. Um, you know, they, they have struggled to run the ball consistently. They have deep wide receivers. Obviously Joe Burrow is probably a, a better quarterback than, than Kyle Trash just by the numbers and, and just by play experience um, experience. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons, and, but I, I think that this def- that these two teams do match up pretty similar together. Yeah, I, it's definitely going to be, it's going to be fun to watch play out. I think, you know, like I said, I think all eyes are really on the, that LSU offense versus Florida's defense. That's, that's where you got really two very strong SEC units kind of going head to head. All right, Blake, I didn't ask you before we got on the podcast about your prediction, about your score prediction or any of that real, real quickly. Well, not real quickly. You can do it as long as you want, but uh, give me your biggest key to the game and then how you see this one unfolding. Biggest key to the game for me is for is Kyle Trask playing that perfect game. I think we expect that Florida's defense is going to show up. They're going to create pressure, and they're going to try to confuse Joe Burrow. But in that same sentence, Florida's going to have to score some points. I don't know that the running game has really shown that they're going to be a big key factor there. So I think Kyle Trask playing that perfect game, finding receivers and finding ways to keep the chains moving and score some points is big for Florida. Um, score prediction. Uh, I think I'm gonna I'm going LSU. I think that them being at home is going to be too much. I'm thinking maybe like a. 28-17 type of game. Okay, okay. I since I, I'm kind of on on board with the the Kyle Trask having to be really clean. I'll, I'll say it a little differently. 
I think that Florida has to win the turnover margin by at least two to win this game. Um, I think that Florida has done a terrific job of forcing turnovers. You know, the Gators have been fantastic. They lead the country in interceptions. They're probably going to get a couple, okay? I think you can win this game if you get a couple turnovers from your defense. I don't think you can win this game if you get a couple turnovers from your defense, but your offense also turns it over. Because those turnovers are just such big momentum changers. I mean, you look at look at the Auburn game last week. Florida was able to, because it was at home, withstand some of those turnovers. Because Florida turns the ball over in a bad spot. Guess what? The defense has the crowd behind them. You know, Florida came away with some stops. Auburn turned it over a couple times early. Only came away with two field goals. You turn it over on the road, that's not the case. Your defense doesn't have that extra energy behind them. They don't have that extra enthusiasm to come up with a huge stop. Now, Florida's been very good at sudden change defense. But on the flip side, if LSU turns over Kyle Trask, same thing, man. You're, I mean, you know, they're getting the ball in prime position. That crowd's getting riled up. I just come down to I, I don't think that this Florida team offensively is good enough to overcome turnovers. Bottom line for me. I think Florida Florida's defense can keep it relatively even with LSU, but I think in terms of score prediction, I don't see Florida being able to win this game. I don't. Um, I just think that Florida has not shown me enough on offense for me to believe that they're going to get through a game in, a, in an environment like this, not turning it over. Whether it's Kyle Trask fumbling, whether it's you know him potentially throwing an interception given the amount of pressure he's going to face, you know, the hostile environment that we don't really know how he's going to handle. Blake, to me, you know, I I keep getting lost on this game because I, I think LSU is probably going to win big. And then I'm like, Dan Mullen, man, Dan Mullen. Like, Dan Mullen is such a good coach. Am I, am I crazy for thinking, like, uh, you know, on the one hand, LSU probably wins big, logically, but then, like, man, Dan Mullen's so good. Yeah, I mean, he's kept Florida in a lot of games that, you know, last year that I would have never thought – that they would have been in, but he he just he calls the right play at the right time. Um, Todd Grantham is great on defense, and I, I think Mullen, it, he's he's definitely like a, a key factor. To, you have to you have to like include his you know game planning, his play calling, and and all those into the, it, it's just not on the field for you know you can't fully put on the field and pick and pick your prediction from there just because Dan Mullen's going to put something in there, he's going to dial something up, and you just feel like. At all times, you never know what he could pull. I mean, he could pull out something crazy. That's the thing. That's the thing is Dan Mullen's so good, but it's also Dan Mullen's so good when he's able to control the game. You know, when it's the kind of game he wants to call, he's great. And I, that's the other thing for me is I just don't know that Florida is going to put itself in a position to be able to allow Dan Mullen to get to the stuff he wants to on offense. Like I said, Dan Mullen, I, I wrote about it this week on Swamp 24 uh, 7 about the Michael Pirine play and, and how patience is really the key to Dan Mullen's game plan. He'll set you up for things throughout the game. That kind of goes out the window a little bit if you're playing from behind, if you're having a push, if Dan Mullen's having to throw some things out. And so for me, I guess when I'm picking this game, I, I it's as much about not having confidence in Florida to be able to set themselves up in a position to allow Dan Mullen's coaching to win them this game. And I could be wrong. Like if Florida gets an early lead, and, you know, Dan Mullen's able to be patient with his play calling, I could very easily see Florida winning this game. Yeah, Florida's out of character in their traditional way they want to do things. It's going to be tough for them. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Uh, I'll go. Oh, I didn't even predict a score today. 
Um, okay. Yeah, so you my... left me out to dry. <laughs> I yeah, did, good man. thing. I, like I was I about that. to let I, you get off. I put together like an an outline for the podcast, and I gave you my score, so you'd have like an idea where I was leaning. And then I was like, "Hey, Blake, why don't you give me your score?" And I'm just gonna dip out of here. No, I'm gonna pick LSU. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Tigers to win 31 to 21. Just don't. I just don't have enough confidence yet in Florida's O line. I think the athletic matchup against uh, you know a more athletic LSU defensive line is gonna be tough. And at the end of the day, I just don't have enough confidence in Florida to protect the football the way they're going to need to for Dan Mullen to call the kind of game he wants. But I've been wrong before, so that's why they play the games. All right, Send Blake. all your hated tweets at Thomas Goldcamp on Twitter, yes, not at me. Thomas Goldcamp on Twitter, Goldcamp with a K. You can, you can leave Blake <laughs> out of this one. All right, Blake, that's going to do it for us this week. We will be back. Prob- it's probably going to be Monday morning, guys. We've kind of been back and forth between Sunday night and Monday morning. Um, but with it being a night game in Baton Rouge, it's going to be really tough for me to get back and have a chance to rewatch the game until late Sunday. So we'll be back on Monday morning, breaking down Florida LSU for you guys. I hope we're wrong on our score predictions. We'll see y'all later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.